This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. A few episodes ago, we spoke with Michael and Terry ahead of the VADA Time to Tell seminar, and the lads shared with us their experience of talking to their children about being donor-conceived. During their interview, they mentioned their tummy mummy. Now, this is the term they used to explain to their children, who are still quite young, who their surrogate was. We are very lucky today that we actually have their tummy mummy. We have Amanda and her husband, Brent, joining us here on Family Matters. Good morning, Amanda and Brent. Good morning. Hi, Gina. Thanks Hi. for having us today. Th- firstly, thank you so much for joining us. Now, during the week, I was talking to a few people saying, I'm going to have a surrogate on air. I'm really excited. And I was usually asking this question to other people who had conceived themselves, so other mums, birth mums. And all of them pretty much had said to me, oh my God, how? To give a bit of context, the women that I asked all during their pregnancies had been quite unwell, lots of morning sickness, fluid, gestational diabetes, like, you know, the the kind of stuff they battled during their pregnancy was not fun. Um, so I think they were projecting a lot when I kind of said to them, yay, I've got a surrogate, what would you like to ask them? And I guess most of them were kind of like, how? How does one do this? Amanda and Brent, you've actually got three children already, is that correct? Yes, yeah, we've got two older girls, so Mia is 11 and Ava is 10. And then after we were surrogates for Michael and Terry twice, we, um, well, perhaps more myself, <laughs> wanted to have another one for us. So we've got a little boy now as well, and um, he's almost six months old. When you first heard of surrogacy, when did you kind of go, I think that's something I could do, Amanda? Yes, so um, I hadn't really heard of surrogacy much at all before Michael and Terry sort of started exploring. And, and so they obviously want, you know wanted to have a family and started exploring ways to, to do that. Um, and, you know, they're, they're our best friends as well. So we were spending a lot of time with them and listening to their sort of journey of trying to start a family and, and sort of, you know, all of the struggles and mysteries and, you know, kind of horror stories, I mm. suppose, around that. Particularly, you know, that um, perhaps that uh, international um, route yes. and, you know, just he- hearing all about those sort of, you know, the, perhaps the things that can go wrong and, and not the things that go right. Um and that's when, you know, I suppose that's the, when the seed was starting to be sown for me. Um, and then I think it was sort of just after, you know, one night that we spent, you know, had dinner together and we came home and, and I said to Brent, oh, you know, Brent, I would really love to um, to be the surrogate. And um, anyway, Brent sort of said to me, oh, gosh, you know, I, I sort of I thought, you know, I, I've kind of been waiting for you to say that to me so I think <laughs> I think Brent knew along that I would probably you know want to explore it um and it just took me a little while to catch up <laughs> Brent I might get you to jump in you had a sixth sense to this what was it that made you go I think Amanda might be interested in doing this even before she said it what was what was the thing that made you go yeah I could see Amanda doing this um, when we when we had our two girls, we were still relatively 
young in our in our twenties, mid mid to late twenties. So, a lot of our friends um, were still living the single life, mm. the, the Melbourne culture life, you know, out and about. And um, I think some of them found it quite confronting that suddenly we were settling down with children. Yeah. But Michael and Terry were were always um, happy to visit us, and they were really good with our. Um, two girls, young girls at the time, and um, uh, were really doting uncles as they as they became yeah. um, to our girls. So there's always been that sense of, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful to see, um, see them with their own family? Yeah. Um, so that's always been present, and Amanda being Amanda, she's always <laughs> wanting to do something um, amazing for other people. Um, so naturally, if you follow the lines, yes. it's always going to be a conversation that um, we we're eventually going to go, going to have. Now, Amanda, definitely doing something amazing. I mean, not once but twice. Pregnancy doesn't last a couple of months. It is nine months, but it is also the process of getting pregnant and it is also the recovery on a woman's body. Is pregnancy something for you that has been fairly easy there are some women that have amazing pregnancy journeys yes Jen. i um people ask me this question all the time mm. and i think that they presume that it's very easy for me and it's definitely not hard so you know i don't want to you know i don't mm. want to kind of pose that that picture either but i certainly you know I, it, with all five of them you know i have quite a you know a, a tough sort of time in the first sort of three or four months and i'm mm-hmm. um, you know really really sick um and then uh, you know it kind of starts to get better for me and i'm very very lucky you know i've been able to be really active through all of my pregnancies um and that sort of thing and that's helped me you know with the recovery as well but i think for me um so it's it's not uh, um i don't have gestational diabetes and, and any of those sorts of challenges um but i think sort of overall um you know, when you're carrying a baby for someone else, there's just something, you know, very special and, and magical about that. So I don't, you know, even though I was very sick for a while, um, <laughs> I, I think that that kind of that bigger goal and, and to, to know that you're going to be part of bringing, um, you know, a child into the world for someone else is, is just, you know, I think that that's the guiding light really. You obviously had dinner with the boys. You went home and you had a chat with Brent. At what point did you kind of say to the boys, have you actually thought of me as your surrogate? How did that conversation go ahead? (laughs) Yeah, well, it was a really um, interesting one. Um, Brent and I were really nervous to offer to the boys. (laughs) Um, And they laugh about it all the time. But we were just really... um, yeah, we were, you know, there was a feeling of, oh gosh, you know, maybe they won't say yes. And what if they feel obliged? And, you know, all of these different things were going through our minds. And so we were, yeah, we were quite, um, yeah, quite nervous about the conversation. I think we'd had a couple of drinks. Yeah, probably. <laughs> That's how most babies are conceived, you know, the old fashioned way. There's usually a few drinks and a, you know, a jug of sangria somewhere, but. <laughs> oh, exactly. So we, yeah, so that was the story as well and it was at a friend's wedding and you know I don't think we could kind of I think a couple of drinks and we couldn't really kind of keep it to ourselves any longer so yeah so we, we um, spoke to Michael and Terry about it and um, you know kind of Terry being who he is was you know super excited and and you know really uh, 
sort of, uh, you know, wanting to share it with everyone. And <laughs> Michael was <laughs> Michael was much more conservative and said, oh, well, maybe you just sleep on that. Yeah. You know, just have a think about that overnight, Amanda. <laughs> and we'll talk about that tomorrow. So, yeah, no, it was really, it was really lovely. So once the boys realised, okay, Amanda and Brent aren't drunk. Okay, they've thought about this. This is this is going to happen, and, and of course, you 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 are both thinking of this. You then have to kick off, especially here in Australia. It's altruistic. There are a few things that you need to go through in order to even start the process. So I assume counselling is one of the things all couples must go through. When did that kind of process kick off for you for the first one? And was there anything that really kind of surprised you in the counselling sessions? Yeah, so the the entire process was three years. Wow. So I, I think that, you know, yeah, um, before we got the yes to even wow. have Harper. So that it was a very long journey. Um, so in Brenton, my mind, we thought that we would be bringing this baby into the world for, for Michael and Terry when our girls were quite young mm-hmm. and perhaps, um, you know, before they could really have a great understanding of, you know, what was happening. Mm-hmm. So we, we kind of thought that that might have been when they were sort of four and five, that sort of age. But it actually wasn't. It was a little bit later than we, we had have anticipated because of that three-year journey. Mm-hmm. So lots of counselling. So I think, <clears throat> gosh, you know, six, seven, maybe eight sessions of counselling. Wow. I had counselling by myself and then with Brent, with the boys and then with their egg donor Mel as well. Yeah. So there was lots of lots of counselling that went on, lots of psychometric mm. testing. Not many secrets by the end of it. <laughs> no, no, no. It was really, it was really interesting because you sort of, you know, you've been friends for such a long time, you sort of think that you know most things about about people and it was, yeah, that was really um, interesting journey. And, yeah, psychometric testing, there was a, there was a lot and it was very confronting mm. um, and so it, it should be really in, in most ways. You know, it's sad that someone has to, you know, have a family through that sort of invasive kind of process. But um, it was it was really great because all of the hard questions came out, mm. and then you've got to put obviously in Victoria you've got to put your contract together as well, mm. and, and that was a very confronting part for Brent and I, you know, because everything needs to be written into that into that contract, and and I suppose you know for us it's a you know it's a gift, mm. and so to have a contract in place, you know, that kind of um, was quite confronting as well. But again, it got everything out, you know, onto paper, and, you know, we were very, very lucky, and everything worked out perfectly, but um, I suppose if, if something didn't, you know, you could kind of go back to that contract and say, well, you know, this is what we agreed in this particular situation. A pregnant mm-hmm. belly starts conversations. It starts conversations <laughs> with some of the most random people on trains, in shops, everyone wants to touch your belly and everyone wants to ask. Now, before we talk about strangers, your extended family, what did that conversation with your extended family look like? Mm, this was really um, interesting for us. Gina, um, we, uh, you know, we were super excited, obviously, um, you know, to be able to give this gift to Michael and Terry. Mm. And so because the process took so long, we, we didn't necessarily tell a lot of people in those very sort of early stages because, you know, we, we you know, all parties didn't really know what we were getting into and mm. we were exploring and, you know, all of those sorts of things. So, you know, it was very much, um, you know, talk amongst ourselves and things like that. But then as the process 
got going a bit further and we kind of went, you know what, this is actually going to happen and, um, you know, we can make this work. Um, for everyone, we, we decided that we would obviously tell our, our close family, so our parents and, you know, our brothers and sisters. Um, and that was really interesting because, um, you know, our parents are fairly traditional. Mm. Um, they had met Michael and Terry, my parents, and, and also Brent's parents had met Michael and Terry, you know, a number of times and um, they'd, you know, gone to stay with them. Mine are in Tasmania and Brent's are in New Zealand. Mm. And so, you know, they, they knew Michael and Terry, which was really great. Um, however, they are very traditional. So we were also, um, I suppose, you know, aware of, um, you know, we, we were putting our parents in a situation where, you know, it, it wasn't just a, a surrogacy, it was for a homosexual couple, mm. you know, of which they knew. But we also were very aware of, you know, their traditional, perhaps mm. their traditional views of that as well. And that, you know, surrogacy is not necessarily common place either, is it? Mm. So, um, so we were aware of all of those sorts of things and, and you know, and obviously wanting to, um, you know, just be respectful of different people's, you know, thoughts and choices, I suppose. Mm. Um, and so we were just delighted when we told both of our sets of parents they were, you know, they were kind of, you know, shocked in a really great way. <laughs> You know, you know, overwhelmed and, and, you know, really very, very, very supportive, which was really lovely because we knew that it would, you know, be testing boundaries. Mm. Um, my dad said to me, oh, gosh, Amanda, you know, um, you really like to, you know, kind of test us, don't you? Or something, <laughs> you know, something like that, Gina, which was really, you know, like said in, yeah, said in a really beautiful way that, you know, just acknowledging um, that, you know, these, I suppose these sorts of rainbow families obviously, you know, do test, you know, different people's, you know, thoughts and, and um, culture and tradition. Um, so that was gorgeous. That was really lovely. And then we told um, we told my sisters and, and Brent's brothers um, who were all very supportive, um, apart from one of my sisters, unfortunately. Um, I think that she found it, Gina, just... Um, too much to comprehend mm. Mm. Um, and I think that this perhaps is you know fairly common um, I've had a similar reaction you know with friends and you know other families as well but she yeah she particularly found it very um, very very difficult and unfortunately she um, didn't speak to us um, oh, wow. through the yeah, through the through through the entire period of time, actually. Um, so that was very difficult because she was. I have three sisters, and we were all very close. Um, and so it, that was a difficult time. That was a, it, it. Was difficult to try and put yourself in that person's shoes. Um, it was difficult because you were celebrating, you know, bringing a new life into the world, and you know, it's such a mm. joyous occasion. Um, and just not to be able to share it with her, I think, was you know that was. That was difficult, um, and then it, and then I suppose the other difficulty is it's difficult to respect that reaction, um, mm. and sort of I suppose you've got a couple of choices in that situation as well. You know, do you do you kind of let that person, you know, carry on their own journey around that and and how they're feeling? How do you react to that? So there was yeah, there was a lot going on, but for for the most part, our families were very very supportive, which was just. Just gorgeous, and um, particularly the grandparents. You know, all the you know, not really the grandparents, but you know, they see themselves like that because they they have such a close relationship with Michael and Terry. When it came time to talk to the girls, though, 
How how did that conversation go on? Because they're probably eight or nine, I'm assuming, when mummy's tummy is starting to grow. No, they were seven the first time. Yeah, the, the first time they were, yeah, seven and eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seven and eight. No, six, maybe six and seven. So so they were kind of that, you know, six, seven, eight kind of age the first time. Um, so, yeah, so Gina, that, that sort of, that age uh, kind of surprised us in st- some ways because we thought that we would be doing it a bit sooner than that. Mm. Um, and so... Uh, I think, you know, lot, lots of conversations that, that um, you know, what we were doing. What actually happened with Harper, which was really beautiful um, in the end, is that the first time um, we had the, the, the transplant uh, or the transfer, um, it, it didn't, um, we miscarried. Oh, um, okay. So, yeah, so, so that, that was a difficult time. But then the second time we were able to do that, I can't remember the actual circumstances, but anyway, Ava, who was our youngest, happened to be with us that particular day, and we didn't have anyone for her to be looked after. Yeah. So we took her to the, you know, to the appointment. Yeah. See and the science yeah. in action. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And we weren't sure, sort of, you know, how that would, you know, how that would all work. Um, but we'd been through it once, so we sort of knew that, you know, knew what it was like. Mark and Terry were there and, and Mel was there and another close friend was there as well. Um, and so that was all really beautiful. And she was there, as you said, Gina, to see the, the science in action. You know, the doctor was fabulous and showed us, you know, the Petri dish and the embryo <laughs> and all of those sorts of things. It was just really lovely. And, and the doctor spoke through, you know, what was happening and, and all of those sorts of things. And actually that could not have been better because Ava was then able to, I think, you know, um, have a, a different level of understanding of mm. the science, you know, what's actually happening here. And she was a part of that. And so, um, yes, yeah, so that was really fabulous. And, and so then kind of that became her reality and, and you know, her world. And, and so we just kept talking to the girls about what we were doing and looking after the baby for Michael and Terry and, um, and, and all of that sort of thing. And quite, I think, you know, quite scientifically as well, we mm. were talking about that sort of matter of fact. Yep. which I think was, was great. Um, but what we didn't realise, again, you know, being the first time, is that um, the impact on other people that were hearing it through the girls. I was going to ask, yes, did you get any calls from that. school going, apparently <laughs> your children have been telling, this is how babies are made, and no, you're not coming to show and tell. And <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and so that was really fascinating. So Brent actually had a... Um, Brent was a full-time carer for Mike, um, for Mia and Ava. And so he, you know, was at the school quite regularly. <laughs> and one of the ladies at the school that we, we really hadn't sort of announced to everyone at, you know, particularly at the school, because I wasn't really there a lot. So, um, we hadn't really said to the school mums about it. And one of the school mums rang Brent to say, Oh, um, Ava said this at school today. I'm just ringing to check the that. <laughs> That's actually what's happening here. <laughs> oh, Brent, do share. Like, how do you kind of, you know, and you're, you're at the gate waiting for them and you can see that everyone's kind of looking at you. How, do, how does that kind of work in that setting? Because it is, it is very, you know, mean mums, tiger mums, you know, there's all that kind of, you know, world you're in um, playing out. What does it look like? Well, it's, it's, you know, sort of with the, the school pickup, you tend to pick up your child and then race on home because you've got a million and one other things. So yeah. you're sort of in that sort of frame of mind, but then you have to stop and 
explain, start explaining the situation because, you know, the, the school pick-up and drop-off is always a bit of a gossip. It is. <laughs> the water cooler. Catch up on all the news. And, and we were... Um, we were living in Williamstown and, and, um, at that time, and that's a relatively progressive um, suburb of Melbourne, but, you know, you don't know everyone's views and yeah. perspectives on the world. So um, you're a little bit gun-shy at first, but then you start becoming um, more and more comfortable with sharing exactly what we're a part of and, and what we're going through and where we're at and all of those sort of things. So... Um, as you start having those conversations, and, and, and more and more people were just curious and interested and wanted to hear our story, so that was that was lovely. But also, it sort of um, I got into this uh, routine of just being very open and, and um, um, happy to share our story, not realizing that some people do have a completely different <laughs> view, um, particularly outside of Williamstown and, and, and that sort of thing. So it was a little, it became a shock when I, I would uh, talk about our journey and then did have negative reactions. Yeah. Um, that um, took me back more than, than anything. I also share with Gina as yes, well. Yes, please, ma'am. Um, for the, for the girls, it was interesting, Gina, because they would say, you know, my mum is having a baby and we're not taking it home. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and everyone would be like, what? <laughs> yes. So, so I think that that was a little difficult for Mia and Ava because their friends would argue with them, oh. um, which, is, which is obviously very normal, yeah. you know, um, these days. Hopefully it won't be in, in, you know, in a few years to come. Hopefully it won't be normal at all, but... Um, so yeah, so they would say to me or neighbour, oh no, 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 your, you know, your mummy has to take the baby home and all of this yeah. sort of thing. So that was a, that was really quite quite interesting, Gina, when you are a surrogate and you've got children that are, you know, of a school age and yeah. of a curious age and of a really kind of yes. simple, and they're kind of seeing the the world played out in very kind of simple terms at, at that stage you know it, things are pretty black and white for them so they're usually quite set in their ways and their opinions and it's it's sweet that they can challenge it but it's also going oh how do they negotiate those relationships I have a growing list of inappropriate things people say to lesbian parents <laughs> um, which I've had to take with humor yes it, it hurts sometimes but I found like you Brent I was you know I was very matter-of-fact. Any kind of really inappropriate stuff, especially for you, Brand, that you go, oh, God. You know, there is no talking logic. There is no talking sense. I've just got to either laugh at it or just turn away from it. Um, I, again, we were at another wedding and, and we um, had caught up with friends from New Zealand that we hadn't seen in some time. And, um, and the parents of those friends were with us at the time and we were just talking about again our journey which was a common story but yeah. the parents reaction or the father's reaction was he had probably had too much to drink by that stage anyway but yeah. he was just in horror of what we had done basically and and my friends were just absolutely mortified for for um you know the, the dad's response and, yeah. and it kind of shocked me into thinking people would think this way to be quite honest but you know we were at a wedding we didn't want to make a thing yeah. so you sort of just laughed off and also you know we've got a, a by this stage amanda was was heavily pregnant so you've got a responsibility to 
try and manage the emotions exactly. as well. I mean, we're responsible for this for this child um, of Michael and Terry's, and you don't want to rock the boat or, or create the situation where you're stressing out the, the child as well. Exactly. So you, you become quite resilient, at, you know, um, it's a little bit like water running off a duck's back, to yeah. be quite honest. Yeah. You, you bury a lot of that negativity um, and resolve it later on when it's safe to do so. But, you know, those sort of things um, stick, in, stick in my mind. But we did, in a way, either ignore it or, or laugh it off. We didn't confront those perspectives, mainly to try and keep an even, even keel with the emotions and where we're at and just remembering who it's for and what, we look, what we're trying to achieve. I, I remember having to tell lots of people, Gina, um, I think you mentioned it before, I, I would need to say to them, you know, you don't, no one's asking you to do it. Yeah. Um, because mm. I would re- I would receive that um, perspective of their own. I think, you know, as soon as you say, say it, they kind of transfer that, you know, well, I couldn't do it and mm. therefore... Yeah, and so I had to, yeah, I had to say to lots of people, you know, um, luck. I just laugh about it and say, oh well, luckily you don't have to do it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Medical professionals still are catching up, and depending on what hospital you're in, depending on what GP you're seeing, you know, the response you might get in a hospital setting, even come birth time, can be a bit varied. The first time, yeah, you went to give birth. How did you find the medical staff were, and and how how were you treated in that hospital setting? Yeah, so um, the journey with Harper, the first um, baby for Michael and Terry, was really, really beautiful as well. So we had a, a, a gorgeous um, obstetrician and, you know, the whole process was really beautiful and, um, and you know, the hospital, actually that first time, sorry, um, it, it was, yeah, it was really beautiful. Um, we were fairly um, strong about, um, what kind of setting we wanted to have Harper in. And so when we arrived at the hospital the night prior to when she was born, there was a midwife that was on duty um, that had obviously not been briefed properly. <laughs> um, and she and she was a little bit lost and, and therefore she was a bit confronted. And so um, luckily it, we, we'd just gone in the night before um, to, you know, just check everything out and, you know, and, and make sure that, you know, we were ready for the next day. So we sort of um, were a bit taken back, but we shortly left the hospital after that and we just all said to each other, okay, so if we get her tomorrow, we're going to ask for another midwife. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we just had our plan in place. But luckily the next day we had the most beautiful midwife and, and, and the whole situation was just amazing. Um so that was with Harper and then with Willow, unfortunately, um, that obstetrician had um, gone on to, to a research role and so she wasn't practising any longer. And so we needed to find a new obstetrician, which we did, and she was oh, fabulous, absolutely yeah. amazing. Um, however, um, she practises at two different hospitals and the first hospital that we went to were absolutely appalling, just oh. really, really, really terrible. The, the four of us, Michael and Terry, um, Brent and I went in to meet with them because, you know, we wanted to really um, make sure that the environment was, you know, as we wanted it to be. And as you said, you know, make sure that the language was right and people were briefed properly and yeah. all of those sorts of things. Anyway, Michael ended up having to say to them, look, we, you don't need to deliver this baby and we don't have to deliver here either. Yeah. And so, you know, basically... Um, 
let's leave it at that. Wow. It, was, it was almost as if the hospital were were trying to tell them not to have their babies oh, here. Yeah. Almost. Oh. It was astounding. You can tell. Bigotry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, okay. they, they would confirm, you know, our responsibility is to look after your child, but um, we don't need to do anything around your comfort levels oh, and yeah. everything it's like terrible. that. It oh, was horrible. shocking. We hadn't been exposed to, to that. I mean, the Not boys the would medical. have experienced that um, throughout their life, but it was the first time that we've mm. really seen it firsthand. So that was quite shocking to be put on Yeah, and they kept calling me the mother, Gina, and oh, I, yeah. Um, yeah, and that's you know, that's obviously very confronting and, and just like just absolutely not appropriate. And yeah. so we as soon as they said it the first time we said, Oh look, actually, you know, that's not that's not correct. You know, could you please, you know, refer to me as the surrogate, you know, we that's the language that we'd like you to use, blah, blah, blah. Um anyway, they did it three or four more times and yeah, and, yeah so we walked away from there. So that was um obviously not a great experience. And then we went to the the hospital that Willow was actually born at, and they were brilliant. They were yeah. they were really lovely. And what I find, um, you know, for me as the surrogate, what I found so um, amazing about the two hospitals that we did deliver at was that the midwives were so brilliant mm. at um, supporting both Brent and I, but also supporting the boys yeah. because you know you're delivering a baby, and luckily I was able to deliver both of them naturally. Um, but you're delivering a baby for someone else who are your best friends of who you don't necessarily want them to see, you know, everything. everything. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so I suppose, you know, I, I absolutely wanted them to be in the room, um, but I also wanted to make sure that there was some privacy and, of course. <laughs> and, you know, and yeah. that sort of thing. And so um, I was really... Um, you know, I was really luckily um, surprised at how the midwives could manage that whole process so beautifully um, and for the boys because, you know, they want to be there but they are also seeing, you know, their best friend going through, is, you know, yeah. a lot of pain, um, you know, and, and and so you don't want that either. So they were great at being able to say to the boys, okay, now's a great time to go and get a coffee, you know, just maybe just step out in the hall for a couple of moments yeah. and come back in. And, you know, they were able to manage that really beautifully. Brent, how do you cope in this moment? Your partner is in pain. You, you want to take care of your partner. How did, how was that experience for you? It was, it was interesting. I, part of the um, initial anxieties that I had when we, first started having this conversation um, about whether um, this, is, this is something that we wanted to do for my interiors. We, we had a, um, a problematic birth with Ava, our second daughter, and it essentially, Ava was born and then Amanda went into surgery for, um, for four or five hours to wow. stop um, heavy blood loss. So yes. my, my anxiety or reluctance was um, or or any twinge of whether this is the right thing for us was really just based on on your experience, yeah, yeah, exactly. So there was certainly some anxiety around it, but again, going back to the way that the midwives um, managed the whole process for us and supported us, that gave um, certainly me a great deal of comfort. Um, I guess, in a, in a way, we just had roles to play, so. Yeah. Amanda was responsible for for the delivery, and I was responsible for supporting her, and 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 all of that sort of thing. So I just I I just found it comfortable in a way to just dive into that role. Yeah. 
And so that was my responsibility. So, um, you know, I'll talk to the boys about, okay, so Amanda's um, going to be um, needing some time to herself now. So, you know, all that sort of thing. Do you mind stepping out? And and also, um, you know, with the way that the the midwives ran the process for us, um, it, it ticked boxes for everyone in a, mm. in a way so that, you know, the midwives knew that Amanda would need some privacy and, and they knew that I was there to really support Amanda and, yeah. and they knew that the boys were to be referred to as the dads, yeah. not, not me, for yeah. example. Um, Terry um, and Michael really wanted their Lion King moment where right. I, I passed the child to them and, and all of those sort of <laughs> things. So um, it just made... Uh, that's yeah. why it made it such an amazing experience for us because um, those little things were done respectfully and, and done well. Mm, and I think the other the other thing, Gina, with that as well, from a from a surrogacy um, point of view as well, is that we um, had a lot of. I, I suppose you know you have a lot of fear around you know what's going to happen immediately after you give birth. Um, because you've got a rush of hormones for the next 24 to 48 hours that are going to change as well, Amanda, and you've experienced that. Yeah, yeah. And, and also I think that, you know, we are in a level of fear that, um, you know, what if, you know, what if, um, or just the unknown, I suppose, yeah. what are the feelings going to be to actually, um, you know, leave that room or, you know, ha- have that, you know, have that, ba- you know, have Michael and Terry walk out of the room with the baby, you know, what's going to happen in those moments as well. Um, so I found that the, the midwife managed that process very, very well also. So um, in the first instance with the first hospital, um, they had another room um, for Michael and Terry to go to with the baby immediately. Mm-hmm. So that was really fabulous because, you know, obviously it's a real, you know, a real excitement for them and, you know, all of those sorts of things are going on. And so um, we were, you know, really, really conscious that, you know, we didn't necessarily want that to um linger in the room if yeah. you like you know yeah. we were obviously overjoyed that you know they had their baby um but we also wanted to be able to kind of turn to you know what what kind of what did we need to do as a family as well um and so the hospital were great with that they had another maternity ward that they went to um which was fabulous and then I got transferred to another ward altogether off the maternity ward, which I think, you know, for me was really important. Um, You know, with all those hormones going on, you don't necessarily want to hear little babies Babies crying. That's the sound of the maternity ward, yeah. Yeah, so so that was um that was really beautiful for us to be able to, you know, have that process work really well as well because you just don't know, you know, in those moments how your body and your mind is going to react, even though you've prepped yourself and, you know, all of those sorts of things you just you know, it's it's a bit unknown. So that yeah. was that was really great as well, the aftercare. What I wanted to know if there was if people are considering this, if people have thought, you know what, I could do this for someone I know, or if I could do it, maybe I'd have to do it for someone I didn't know. What is something you wish you knew before the journey started? Yeah, I think um, you have an idea in your mind what it is like to give the gift, Um but I don't think, I mean, I don't think that you can really have words around it or, you know, express that feeling of, you know, being able to give this sort of gift to, to another family. Um, and so I think that, you know, my personal view is that every, um, every 
person that can um, can consider it, please consider it because it, it is the most amazing, beautiful gift that you could ever give someone. And yes, it is difficult and, you know, it's it's more than nine months and all of those sorts of things. Mm. But that seems tiny in, in, you know, in the joy that you're able to bring to a family, an extended family, and, you know, and the life, you know, that you're you're able to have an impact on. So, yeah, I, I think that that would be a thing for me um, to be able to express to other people is just that, you know, that joy that, you know, that, that, that impact that you're able to have on, on not just one person bringing a life into the world, but, you know, onto many, many other people. Mm. You know, we've been completely overwhelmed by the people that we've met, that we wouldn't have, you know, previously, and just the impact that you have on lots of different people's lives. No, very happy to learn along the way. This is certainly something that um, I'm never going to look back on um, when I reflect on my life and look at this as something that I regret. There's just no no tinge of that. I'm really proud of what we've we've been able to do for the boys, and um, it was it was really something special to be a part of. And you've still got a relationship with them, so you're. You know, tummy mummy and Brent. What are you referred to as? Uncle Uncle Brent and Uncle. Auntie Amanda, which is just <laughs> it's just lovely. So um, Terry and 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 Michael have just been very generous um, mm. with uh, including us, continuing to include us in, in their family and and that regard. So and we the and the girls, so yeah. we see them um, regularly, and the girls stay with us, and and vice versa with our kids. So. It's, it's really lovely. It's something that we um, certainly cherish. Yeah, and the girls call Harper and Willow their cousins, oh, and adorable. you know they've got that. Yeah, they've got a very close bond, which is just really beautiful. And that's the thing. This wouldn't exist if it wasn't for sacrifice. Isn't the word gift is probably the best word of both of you, and it's and it's both of you that have given this gift to another couple, which is. Absolutely phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, as I said before, you know, if, even if you aren't considering it, please consider it because, it's, mm. yeah, I just think it's the most beautiful thing that you can do. Amanda, Brent, thank you so much for sharing just a, a, a part of your story today. We'd love to have you again in the studio. Thank you again so much for your time and your openness and your gifts. Gifts, plural. <laughs> Thanks, Gina. Thanks for making it a really easy conversation. Thank you for having us. Pleasure. Lovely. Our pleasure. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.